Hello, everybody. On tonight's episode of Backseat Quarterbacks, I'm joined by Steven. Benny is again dodging the smoke. Um, he will be back on Tuesday as we do our wildcard predictions. But I'm joined by Steven, and we go over all the crazy shit that happened in Week 18. That Chargers-Raiders game, all-time classic. Uh, wow. I, I, I'm recording this after we recorded the episode. I still am, like, je- I'm still jazzed up of that game. That game was gave me goosebumps. It was such a good football game. Uh, we talk about all the Week 18 action. We do uh, what's happening, like what are the playoff matchups. We don't really go into it. We just discuss uh, things about them. Yeah, we're going to do our predictions on the on the uh, next episode. But playoffs are set. A lot of good football teams in these playoffs. No dominant team makes it um, wide open in both conferences. I cannot wait. I am so excited. Uh, of course, if the team teams I like lose the Patriots and the Bucks, I will be a little less excited. So let's let's uh, hope for a good playoff run for all teams involved that you root for and or that I root for. Actually, more specifically, if you don't like those teams, if you're a fan of another team in the playoffs, I don't really care. I care about my teams, obviously, and I am a sports polygamist, as you may know, because of uh, because of the Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Tampa Brady Buccaneers. You know what I'm saying, and then the Pats, of course, are are my heart and soul. So it's uh, gonna be fun. We do that. We then do a national championship preview at the very end. It is a fun episode. We go a little bit off the rails talking about our top five Pennsylvanians of all time. Okay, uh, let me tell you who is not in my list. Okay, Edgar Allan Poe. I was originally gonna put him in my list. But I learned that he does not rhyme his poems. And uh, we discussed poetry and my disgust for those who do not rhyme their poems, okay? And Edgar Allen does not rhyme his poems, so he's not in my top ten, okay? My top five, not my top ten. He was a borderline top. He was in consideration. He's no longer in consideration. He actually might be in my bottom ten Pennsylvanians of all time. Anyways, great episode. And here is Steve. Oh my God, Steve. Week 18 of the NFL season is something that I am in love with. That was one of the greatest football games of all time that we um, have waited to record for 45 minutes to watch the conclusion. <laughs> Steelers are in the playoffs. The Raiders are in the playoffs. The Chargers and the Colts are out. Okay. We're going to talk about all of that. But first, we have to first talk about this game that just happened. Uh, I've never, I don't think there's been as crazy a game as this since that insane Monday night football game between the Chiefs and the Rams back in, I think, 2019 when they both scored like 60 points. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I was actually watching that with my entire dad's side of the family at the house, and it was like the wildest game I still think I've seen to this day next to this one. Yeah. If this ended in a tie, this would have been a a game I would talk about forever. If this ended in a tie, it's memorable. It's and this will be. I mean, it's already memorable, but it's that would have put it in like NFL lore forever. Yeah, like we'll um, forget about this game in like five years. But th- th- if that game ended in a tie, we'd be talking about it to our kids, and our kids would be like, "Shut the fuck up." Exactly. Uh, let's speak about this for a sec. Brandon Staley, after three weeks of the season, was getting praise from all the nerds. Okay, he follows analytics. He's a real numbers guy. He follows them to a fault, and. Some people would say, well, if you follow the analytics, you're going to be right more than you're wrong. It's not true with him. It's not true with this team. And my, I'm a big analytic nerd. I really actually appreciate them. I like seeing, I follow all the bots on Twitter that say if they go for it, if they punt, et cetera, et cetera. And what you see is 
bots giving you probabilities without actually taking into account who's calling the play, what the play being called is, how all 11 players execute on that play. And there's a few moments in this game, and people listening probably watch this game, but the first one that's jarring was when they went for it on fourth down on their own 20-yard line. That made no sense to me. The win probability, if they had made it, all the analytic bots said, was 43%. If they miss it, it's 42%. So they're taking a risk on their own 20-yard line to have 1% better chance to win. And it, and it ended up costing them, right? They ended up losing this game. Yeah, I'm not going to touch on that that much because of what happened in that fourth quarter. I just think Brandon Staley's an idiot, part one. Part two, calling a timeout in that overtime when the Raiders were clearly running out the clock. They weren't going for the first down. They were running the ball, letting the clock run down, hiking the ball, letting the clock run down. If they wouldn't have got that 10-yard carry on third down after the timeout, the game would have ended in a tie and the Chargers would have been in the playoffs. Is this overreactionary to say Brandon Staley needs to be canned? Yeah, no, it seems to be something I think I bring up a lot on the podcast is the Chargers' ultimate choke job in the NFL. And they can add that to their list too now. Justin Herbert, take off the mask. Philip Rivers right underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a real note, he had a great game. Um, it's unfortunate that he has a dunce as a head coach and both these teams should be in the playoffs. Instead, we get to see big Ben, uh, whose career miraculously has survived yet another week after that Browns game, he's rejoicing. He has tears in his eyes. He sometimes somehow goes out there, beats the Ravens today. And now he has a date with the chiefs. I think it probably ends there, but they're in. And the Raiders are in. And the Raiders are playing, I think, the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. Yeah, we're going to talk about the playoff picture in just a moment. So I, I want to get those right, though, for sure. Um, I don't know. That game is insane. Uh, I want another football game right now. I'm, I'm, I'm jonesing for some more football in my veins because that one has me fully aroused. I, uh, I, I don't know. I honestly wish they would have tied, like, you, like we said at the start. I wish Brandon Staley wasn't an idiot, uh, you know, and they probably need to, they won't fire Staley. They should fire Joe Lombardi, their um, offensive coordinator. And they're going to be back next year. I mean, Herbert's going to be a perennial MVP candidate with how he plays, but geez Louise, the ending of that game, very, very, very uh, inexplicable. And shout out to the Raiders, Derek Carr, double R. He, uh, he did what needed to be done. Now, before we talk about anything further, as you may notice, Vinny is not on this episode. Again, no again, he is still reeling from his gambling losses. He's actually in rehab. Um, he called 1-800-GAMBLER, and they sent somebody to pick him up right away, and he is now uh, in rehab, where the only slot machines they have there is for cigarettes, okay? He's going to have a nicotine addiction, not a gambling addiction when he gets out of there. We expect Vinny back on Tuesday night. But at this rate, we don't know how recovery is going for him. Uh, some gambling news on myself, since you all, I'm sure you guys want to know. I um, was having a miraculous week. One of, the, one of the greatest weeks I've had. A heater week, as they say. Yeah, yes. One of, the, one of the best heaters I've ever been on. And, you know, when you get that high, you feel invincible. <laughs> it's basically like if you're on PCP. Okay, that's how I felt. 
Um, you can take on the world. Yes. I, I thought I was undefeated. I call up all my friends. I <laughs> do this when I'm intoxicated. I tell everybody, play of the year, okay? You have Bayern Munich playing Borussia Mogelabach, okay? I don't, I don't pronounce that second name correctly. I don't care, okay? They're in the 14th place in the German league. Bayern's obviously in first. And we're talking about football here, okay? Football. Real and, football. And what happens is I mismanage my bankroll. I go all in. Uh, disastrous, disastrous outcome. And uh, since I've been chasing, okay? And let me tell you, the chase has not gone well. You never catch it. Nope. I, uh, I'm down off the high. I don't have PCP anymore. It's, it's basically, it, it, it's not good. It's not good. Anyways, uh, I had some questionable, but questionable losses today that, that I'm going to have to bring up in a conversation between my bookie and I. Okay, we don't need to speak about it this on this pod. Uh, but uh, hey, hopefully Fabio Fignoni, Fig- Fognoni can beat uh, Nick Kyrgios in about two hours. Okay, we might be back on top. <laughs> Anyways, we were going to do a recap of our uh, prediction podcast that we did week one, or before week one. But as we know Benny is in rehab, and so we are not able to do that at this time. We're going to do that, I guess, after the playoffs are over, right? That'll be the first post-Super Bowl discussion yeah. episode. There we go. Now we have content for at least one week. Um, but we will talk about week 18 because little did we know how insane some of these outcomes would be. And let me pull up these scores. And then after, should we talk about playoffs first or what happened in week 18? We should do week 18 first, right? There's only a few games that mattered, correct? Uh, maybe we should do playoffs first, actually. because Playoffs first? Be, okay, yeah. Might be more important. Yeah, that's right. Okay, playoff picture. Yeah, we know people aren't going to listen past. Uh, people might yeah. turn it off after they hear Benny's in rehab. Uh, they might, they, <laughs> tears might be down their face. Well, he uh, reached out to Benny right now. Yeah, don't text me. He doesn't have his phone. <laughs> they yeah. got taken by the. He can't no, place no his bets, right? They, they took his phone so he couldn't place bets. Um, okay, the playoff picture is loading on my screen as we speak. Um, what did Derek Carr say in his post game? Let's hear what he said. Uh oh, can you hear me? Mm hmm. Okay, I couldn't for my, a sec, but now I can. Said my internet connection's unstable. It uh, scared me for a sec. Yeah, I lost you for like 10 seconds. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Playoff picture. This is how it goes down. So the Titans and the Packers are the one seeds. In each respective conference, they have a bye. Now, here is the wild card matchups and the AFC. You have the five-seed Raiders traveling to Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Saturday. Ooh, a little Burrow versus uh, car action. I love that for the Bengals. I love that matchup for Cincy. Uh, you like that matchup for Cincy? Yeah, let's, let's get that one win out of the way for Burrow. Yes, first playoff win. That'll feel nice. I, I think that I think they'll, they'll handle it. We'll, we'll do that on the prediction pod. You have Saturday night primetime, Patriots Bills round three. The, again in again in Buffalo. I don't know what the weather's like. I'm doubting a monsoon. There's questions about the Patriots right now. And uh, now in that game today, uh, I'll tell you there was a, some questionable calls. I'll be honest. And but that the, the Patriots still should have won. Uh, Mac Jones had two terrible plays, and he played bad. And 
he took accountability for it, but at some point, account- accountability means nothing. You got to play better. And he's a rookie. I'm fine with it, but that's going to be da- that's a dangerous game. Okay. The final AFC game this weekend is the Chiefs taking on the Steelers, and that is happening on Sunday night uh, on NBC. Primetime. Yep, prime time. Makes sense. It's Mahomes versus the probably the biggest fan base in the NFL. And what we have is uh, Big Ben, who I honestly don't know how he's still here, versus a Chiefs team that that defense isn't good. It was good for about eight weeks there, and it's collapsed back to what it was the first seven weeks of the season. And I don't know why. They have all their players healthy. It's not like they're missing anybody. They're just getting gashed by the run. And I can tell you this much. If the Steelers have any shot, Najee Harris will have to have a big game. And I, I think he does. I think he will have a big game. I don't, I'm not predicting the Steelers will win, obviously. Um, I just don't think it's going to be easy coasting for Kansas City. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because, I mean, the Steelers defense is really, really good, too. So TJ Watt it, might have a field day. Yeah. We can talk about how these made-up records are coming in now in the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sun, or, and then the NFC playoffs, the Packers have a bye. Um, whew, both these one seeds, a lot of questions. A lot of questions on every team. I don't think there's one dominant team. We have the Philly taking on Tampa Sunday morning. That'll set my – honestly, could you imagine New England loses, Tampa loses in, uh, in about 24-hour time or less than that 12-hour time? Yeah. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a mess. Uh, they play the Eagles. I like that matchup for Tampa. Um, I don't think the Eagles are a bad team. I just think that they are by, I think they're pretty quite, quite easily the worst team in these playoffs besides maybe the Steelers. They're the seven seed for a reason. Both teams from Philly are from, uh, Pennsylvania. Not a yeah. big fan of Pennsylvania. As you can tell, I hate always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, I hate Scranton. Uh, is that, is that Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, the office the side of the office. I hate the office. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love Pennsylvania. The, the, who's all from there? Who's a, who's a, name five, five coolest Pennsylvanians. Let's go. Let's make a list. Five best. Joe Biden. He's from Delaware. Damn it. <laughs> he's from Scranton. Yeah. He's like talking about it. He, he's, he went to quite a bit. Five best Pennsylvania people. Let's do this. Rocky is number one, right? Oh, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Benji. Benji's in the top five. We got Rocky number one, correct? Um, Balboa? Hey, Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Is Will Smith from there? Taylor Swift's in there. She's from Pennsylvania. Will Smith. I don't know if he's from there. He. I'm an, Okay, I have a list. I'm pinlive.com, top 100 Pennsylvanians. We're going to go to the top of the list. We're going to just go straight oh, to the top. Kobe's from Pennsylvania. Is he? Okay, Kobe. Kobe's in there. Gonna, That's gonna what this list says. Is. I don't know. Is it? William fair? Penn, sorry, William Penn, you are not in this list. He's number one there, named after him. I'm not na- Benjamin oh, yeah. Franklin's He's... in this list. Oh, uh, Will Smith is. Will Smith. Okay, so we basically have our list. It goes um, Michael Scott, number five. Number four, yeah. Will Smith. Number three, Kobe Bryant. Um, uh, uh, Tina two, Fey's from there. Tina, ooh. Nah, she's not in. Number two is Benjamin Franklin. Number one is Rocky Balboa. That's a good list, right? Yeah, it's just out the top. Honorable mentions, Little Uzi Bert and Tina Fey. <laughs> and Andrew Carnegie, of course. He's going to be around. He's in there. Jonas Salk, I think he cured a disease. 
Um, uh, he cured something. He's in there. Eisenhower, good, good former president. He's gonna be. In, he's just outside the top five, right? You can't, you can't slip any of those guys out. They're, uh, they're all in there. Um, I think the five is like a solid five. Yeah, that's solidified. Edgar Allan Poe, quite a good poet. What's your opinion on poetry that doesn't rhyme? I don't like it. I don't think it's poetry. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you're not rhyming your poems, you're just writing stuff. You're either a novelist or a songwriter if you're not rhyming your poems, okay? Which is fine. Go write a book or write a song, but don't claim it as poetry. And if you snap after somebody does a poem, I want you out of here, okay? The snappers are the worst people, right? There's nobody worse than a snapper after a poem, right? I, just, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that in real life. I haven't either, but if I do see it, I'm going to have to say something. I'm going to have to say, please stop. Please stop. You're offending. You know what? The dictionary definition is literary work in which special intensity is given to the expression of feelings and ideas by the use of distinctive style and rhythm. So to me, that means it needs a rhyme. It needs to rhyme. And I see people post poems all the time that is just words. I could any that be that basically means anybody could be a poet, which I guess it could. It's kind of like photography, right? Anybody could be a photographer now. Yeah, there's there's some skill, I guess, but you know, it's yeah, you know how photography goes. You take a thousand pictures, three of them are gonna be good, right? It's the law of averages. Poetry is a little actually different. You can you could do a thousand poems, they all might be bad, right? It's the eye beauty's yeah. in the eye of the beholder. I think a lot of people are bad poets. That's all I'm gonna say. But Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, who is just outside of our top five greatest Pennsylvanians of all time, is a good poet. I think his stuff rhymes, right? Or does it not? No, but he does have rhythm in like the way he writes. He's just not really a rhymer. <laughs> Do you read any? I'm pretty sure we had to read Edgar Allan Poe in high school. <laughs> he has now slipped out of my top ten. <laughs> nice. He's in my bottom five now. He's moved down. He's moved down, that's for sure. Okay. But getting back on track, we have Philly playing at the uh, at the Bucks. The Bucks, oh God, that defense is just concerning. They, I think they're going to be fine. I think they still have a good shot to to win the NFC, win the Super Bowl. As I think they have as good a shot as anybody. But that defense is very concerning, especially early in games. But the thing is with the Bucks, they go on runs. Um, you know who the Bucks kind of remind me of? cross sport they remind me of a mid 2010s warriors team uh in the way that once they get going it's basically uh an unstoppable train. Stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and and they could do it pretty quickly they were the first three drives of the game today they stunk three and out three and out i think one first down and then a punt and then right before the half they scored in a, in a really good drive and then right at, then out of halftime they just were moving the ball easy now they're playing the panthers how much credit how much do you give credit to that but i i just i do think that they are a team that once they get hot it's really hard to stop them you have after that game you have san fran at dallas that's a classic game i i'm looking forward to that we're going to talk about san fran's game today i think that's those are teams- be the nickelodeon game too mm-hmm. i see that i see that i like that game and then the monday night game with Peyton and Eli on the call, you have the Cardinals and Rams round three. I'm looking forward well, to this. I like the round threes to pop up in the playoffs. I do too. I think it's um, it's more chess. I really do. Th- this is the thing. I'm obviously a homer for the Patriots. Uh, I don't know if I think they're, I'm going to pick them to win. Duh, because I'm, I'm not going to pick my team ever to lose, but 
Uh, I do think they might have a little bit of an upper edge just because of how Belichick is, you know, I, I view, I view him as like, he, he's a maestro, you know? So uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Okay. That's the playoff matchups. Which games are you looking most forward to? Um, honestly, I think the game that seems most exciting to me is actually a Philly Tampa. Like if I can only pick one game to watch, which honestly I'm not going to, but I think that's actually going to be a good game. And then second would probably be Rams Cardinals for me. Do the, are the lines already up right now? Yeah, I'm sure they're up. That's um, let me see the lines real quick. The early. I'm gonna lines. I'm gonna spin a random team will since I can't pick the Broncos and I'm just gonna homer that team until they lose in the playoffs. Let's hear it. Can you do that right now? Let's see if I can find it. Talk about the lines for a sec. Okay. He, um. Ooh. Do they not have them out? They have to have them out. Uh. NFL playoff lines. <laughs> Here we go. Four hours ago. Um, Eagles at Bucks are seven point favorites. 51 over under. Cowboys, three point favorites over the 49ers. 51 over under again. Rams, four point favorites over the Cardinals. 50 over under. Chiefs are 13 point favorites over the Steelers. That's disrespectful. And then the other two games don't have any lines yet because I wasn't expected. But Steelers are are 13 point underdogs. I like the Steelers. 13. I don't know. I kind of like it. Um, I think I'm most, ex- I'm, well, I'm obviously going to be most excited for the Patriots and the Bucks games because I like Brady and I like the Pats, but um, I, I, the Pats bills, I think is going to be a really good game. And I think the 49ers Cowboys are the, are the two that I am looking most forward to in terms of, in terms of like game quality. Um, Let's talk about – have you found the team wheel or no? Uh, just spun it, and it's actually the Titans. Okay, there you go. Are you taking that team, or are you going to gonna go again? Nope, not going not gonna to spin it. It had every team on there, too. So, for the chance of it actually landing on a team in the playoffs. <laughs> Wait, did the Saints not – the Saints didn't make it. No, okay, good. I was like, didn't the Saints win today, but I forgot the 49ers won. Yeah, 49ers won. So um, how – this is I'll start with this the Rams 49ers uh in the game today. How concerning is Matthew Stafford's play over the past um you know five weeks? Here's his stats over the past. I'll I'll look up his game by game stats. And remember, this guy was MVP favorite after about seven weeks. Here's his numbers since um week uh week 15. Okay. Against the Seahawks, he was 200 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Week 16 against Minnesota, they won this game. He was 56% completion, 197 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Against Baltimore, he was 74%, 300 yards, but two touchdowns, two picks. And I think both of those were pick sixes. Or one was a pick six. One was a, a bad pick. And then today against San Fran, he was... Um, three for two. Yeah, three touchdowns, two picks, two hundred thirty yards, and I think it's concerning. He's turning the ball over way too much, and this is what you get with Stafford. I feel like, right? This is this is his career. Yeah, it's not like he never gave up. It's not like this is new. They just started throwing interceptions and gave yeah. the ball away in crucial points of the game and lose against good teams. Yeah, and 
he's just not a winner. And I still, I believe the Rams still have a chance to make a deep run, but I, I feel like he's, he is who we, he is who he is. We've seen him uh, since 2000 and what, 2009. I think he was drafted 2008, 2009. He's been this way forever. And he's a good quarterback. He has great counting stats and he just isn't good in big games. And he's put up a lot of garbage time stats throughout his career. I like Stafford. I, he has his regular season numbers this year is 4,800 yards, 41 touchdowns, 17 picks. Uh, I feel like he's probably top five in yards and touchdowns. And I think he's probably tied for first for picks, but um, he had good numbers. It's just, over the past three or four weeks, it's just been a, uh, uh-oh, shaky, shaky, shaky. And you don't want to see that out of your guy. So, Especially on the most important position. Yeah. We they have, were up. Weren't they? It was like, yeah, 17-3 going into halftime. And they absolutely botched it. We got 14 hung on them right when the third quarter started. So. This, that was – that game, sorry if I was I was grabbing a brewski. That game was the first time in Sean McVay's career that he has lost leading at halftime. I love so, when they show that stats and then it finally happened. Yeah. Well, you see that if you're a fan of the opposing team and you're like, God damn it, this is over. <laughs> and it's because he's like 47 and 0 leading at halftime. Yeah. Um uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that game's gonna be good. They're playing the Cardinals, Cardinals are all banged up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Hopkins is going to be back. Kyler Murray doesn't look like the same quarterback either. And this, the NFL be nice is get right game for them if they if it if they play it right. Yeah, it's I I would not like I don't suggest having your get right game be in the playoffs. But yes, you're you're right. It would be. Um, also, not bad though. If you winner start playing much better teams than the Cardinals. True. Were destroyed. Winner of this game likely more likely than not, we'll end up playing the uh, Packers next week. So, because I think if the Bucks win and the Cowboys win, it would be, yeah, the winner of this game would play the Packers next week. We do have to talk about, we've waited too long. Carson wins. The moment. Too big. Oh, my God. Can you believe what happened today? Yeah. We should have believed all the Instagram posts that I saw about them not winning it <laughs> since 2014. We, we collectively, me especially, have just said so many bad things about Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've prefaced it saying it's, you know, a redshirt season. He gets the benefit of the doubt. A lot of things bad around him, but he's been awful. This game, he was his first game where he actually looked like a good NFL quarterback. He was uh, pretty cu- pretty calm in the pocket. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, uh, hit, made some really nice passes. Today was the day where I was like, you know, yeah, now I, or today was the day where it's like apparent why he should have been, you know, a number one pick and stuff. And he outplayed wins by a lot. And I'll be honest, this is the reason why teams that have such, uh, su- such overpowering run games like the Colts have, and I'd say another few teams, the Titans, the Patriots, the Steelers, those teams, those teams, especially um, Colts are obviously out. The other three are in the playoffs, but those three teams are not teams. Those four are not teams built to play from behind. And you saw it today with the Patriots Dolphins game. You've seen it 
I mean, every time the Patriots lost this year, you've seen it in basically most Steelers losses and Titans losses and especially, and the Colts, um, if the Colts can't run the ball effectively, or if they go down multiple scores, the onus is on Carson Wentz and he always, and he's going to fail. He's not good enough. And, you know, I love Frank Wright. I think he's a great coach. I think this roster is um, pretty good roster. I think they, I think they have a lot of talent on defense and uh, Jonathan Taylor is obviously one of the best backs. They have a top five offensive line. I like Pittman quite a bit. T.Y. Hilton in his limited capacity each year is pretty good. And um, anywho, my point being, they went down in this game. I think they were down um, 13 to three at half. Am I right on that? 14 to three, 13. Yeah. 13 to three. I'm looking at yeah, it now. 13. And then they Jacksonville went out and scored again after half and the game wasn't over, but it was effectively over because Carson Wentz couldn't do anything. And the Jaguars, I mean, listen, they put in probably the biggest stinker of all time uh, of the season last week against the Patriots. And they come out today, a totally different team, just stopping the run. Uh, forcing Wentz to beat them, and he couldn't. And, I mean, I don't know where the Colts go from here. I think that they, they're they a team that should be looking at adding uh, Jimmy Garoppolo if he ends up being on the trade market or a, or a Baker, I guess. I think Baker's better than Wentz. I think it's close, but I think he's better. And I don't know. I don't know where they go. I don't think they can run it back with Carson. They also lost their first-round pick because of how much Carson played. Um, yeah, might as well just start Jake Reese. <laughs> he's on the Seahawks. No, they got rid of him. Awesome. Sam Ellinger but, is, is their backup. Oh, yeah. Might as well start him. At least you have a first round pick. Yeah. Now, Wentz had respectable numbers. He had 27 touchdowns, seven picks this year. So it wasn't, it wasn't a bad season statistically. He just, when, when he had to win the game last week against the Raiders, this week now, he didn't. And it's, you know, it really makes not much sense. So I think they're going to probably give Wentz another year just because um, I feel like hit his, okay, so he's owed $28 million in 2022. They could release him and save $13 million of that, but they'd, uh, but they'd still have some dead cap, I think, or they could trade Wentz, and I don't think anybody's taking that unless, you know, a lot of quarterback carousel happens and, you know, a team needs a QB. So, I mean, like the Packers or the Seahawks potentially. Would you want him in Denver? You don't want Wentz in Denver. No. Would you want Jimmy in Denver? Uh, I think Jimmy would be better, but not someone I would want to, like, waste. Years on? Like, yeah, I wouldn't want – no, like, trade anything to get him, you know? How do you feel about Fangio being fired? Sorry for the Denver uh... – Oh, dude, it was actually weird. I was like – I was at the sports card shop yesterday, and the, the young guy that works there, he's a Broncos fan, too. We are talking about it. Like, oh, we'd be okay with Bangio staying another year. And literally the next day, he gets fired. Like, we talked about that for, like, 20 minutes. And then he gets fired the next day. I would have been okay with him staying, but I'm fine with him leaving as well, if that makes sense. We talked about it earlier. If I think I said the same the same thing in the in the podcast, too, that I, last week or the week before. That, I think mean, I like him, and I think he's good. I just – I think we need someone more, like, offensive minded and younger i feel like a team should hire him um he would be the best defensive coordinator if someone doesn't have a good one i mean look what dan quinn's done in dallas okay that's basically what fangio could do for a roster uh 
he is, I think, after Belichick, the best defensive mind in football uh, at this point. How he, he is the, he made the prototype to slow down Mahomes and it works. Uh, Mahomes hasn't been able to beat it yet, like in, ter- in terms of being able to put up high scores. Every time they play Mahomes, even when they don't have certain, even when they don't have their best, their best players out there, they still limit the Chiefs. I think a team should, I think any team in the NFL should fire their defensive coordinator outside of the Cowboys probably and hire Vic Fangio and give him head coaching money to coach the defense. I would be totally in favor of that. Now I'm not the one that does the balance sheet for these teams, but uh, I know these owners can afford it. And he is a, he is um, a, a great defensive mind. And I agree with you. I actually don't think they should have fired him because it's not his fault that they've had Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke and Kendall Hinton and, you know, Case Keenum Keenum and stuff during his tenure there. That's the GM's fault. He's, he's created exactly what you want him to do. A great defense that can beat anybody. Go look at those, go look at quarterback performances against the Broncos defense this season. And tell me why Fangio should get canned. Now I get the reasoning. It's been three years. There's been no, they haven't made the playoffs. Um, and that's about the shelf life for an NFL coach at this point, if, you, if you're not making the playoffs. So I get it. However, I don't think it's a smart move. And some team's going to get either a good head coach. I don't think he gets another head coaching opportunity right away, but he will be um, probably the highest paid coordinator in football next year or one of them. And he greatly deserves that. I think, I think every, every team should cons- really consider uh, firing their defensive coordinator and bringing him in. That would be yeah. my take. And from what I've heard from like following Broncos people and stuff, like every player like likes him too. Like people like him, players like him and stuff. So he's well liked too. So he's not like an old school guy. Like he he's liked by all the young players. Because most of Broncos defense is young guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that game yesterday was a really good game against Kansas City. It was. I had the under- yeah. Their defense is always good. It's just we can't put up any numbers to save our lives. Yeah. They actually should have probably won that game. The the that was a great play by uh, Melvin Ingram. The on the it yeah. was like a Jadavion Clowney play from college. Great play. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do a few more games and then we can wrap it up. So let me bring it up. Week eighteen. Okay. Kind of talked about the Panthers Bucks. Okay, I'm gonna do this because I've done this basically every week. Here is Tom Brady's final stat line for the season. <laughs> I just want you guys to understand this. Um, I, it's, it makes absolutely no sense. Okay. He is 44 years old. 44. He is 19 years older than I am. He's been in the NFL basically since I was, since I was just getting out of diapers, right? I think, what, when do you get out of diapers? Two years old? Two and a half? Three? Something like that? Whenever, whenever you're about out of diapers when he was drafted. If you're, if you're 25, um, this season, he put up 67.5% completion percentage, which is his best since 2000. Oh my God. This is his best completion percentage, um, of his career. Yeah. I think so. 2007, 68.9. Oh, give that up one more. Okay. His second best completion percentage of his career. He threw for 5,300 
and 16 yards. Yeah, he played one extra game, but this is the second time he's thrown for that. The most passing yards he's had in his career. 43 touchdowns, which is the second most touchdowns after 2007, where he threw 50. 12 picks. Um, he's 44. <laughs> and also, I would say this. Rodgers is likely to win the MVP. I was talking to Steven before this. I have no idea how. Um, volume stats, I think, matter a lot for MVP. And if you look at it, Brady's clearly more integral to their success than Rodgers is to the Packers. I think if you take both quarterbacks away, both teams aren't great. Um, but I watched, I watched every Bucks and every Packers game. And I can tell you right now, the Packers have a better defense than the Bucks. Maybe not on paper, but I know, I know what the eye test watching the Bucks every game just get gashed on third down, every single third down. I think Brady's a little more important um, than Rodgers was this year. No takeaway from Rodgers, but look at the numbers. It's just insane to me. And by the way, I did have a big bet on Brady to win MVP. I hedged that for Rodgers. I have no skin in the game now. It's literally just, I have, if, if Brady wins, I win like a hundred bucks. If Rodgers wins, I, I'm even, right? So it's not like I'm, it's not like I am doing this just to be, to try to talk up my bet. Not that anybody that actually votes for the MVP listens to this, but you look at the two seasons, Brady is just so much better in my opinion. Um, can you believe that he has the, these are his numbers at 44? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have like an off, off year. <laughs> I was on Twitter, uh, as I am all day, every day of my life, of course. And I need to find this real quick. There was this guy that posted these stats. Okay. And oh my God, people are talking about analytics to my face. Um, where is this? Okay. Here is his, here are his numbers, his first full 10 seasons as a starter, which doesn't include his, the 2008 year, which he missed. This is age 24 through 34. He made the playoffs nine to 10 years. He won three out of five Super Bowls that he made 123 wins, 16 playoff wins, 40,000 yards, 300 touchdowns, 5,200 playoff yards, 38 playoff touchdowns. That's his first 10 years of a starter. His second full 10 seasons, which don't include playoff stats this year, obviously, age 35 through 44, 10 out of 10 years in the playoffs, four Super Bowl wins out of five appearances, 119 wins, 18 playoff wins, 44,000 yards, 324 touchdowns, 7,000 um, playoff touch or passing yards, and 45 playoff touchdowns. He literally never has an off, off. He never is off, and it's insane. And a guy tweeted back, Brady technically never won a ring in his prime, and he still has seven because he didn't win it. He didn't win a ring from age like 27 to 35, right? And it's just insane. Yeah. And I, I say it all the time. We'll never see this again. And yes, I'm a, I'm a Tom Brady super fanatic. I understand this. And people probably get annoyed listening to this. But at one point, just step back and realize, if you're a football fan, that what you're witnessing is probably the – this is like in basketball, if Bill Russell had the playoff accolades, all those rings, and also was the greatest scorer and rebounder ever. That'd be, that'd be what um, this is to compare to, in my opinion. It's just absurd. And you step back and you're like, wow, he's not, getting, he's not appreciated enough, in my opinion. And I, I give him the, make him the president. What the hell? <laughs> right? Is anybody more qualified? A lot of people. Only keys to the country. Yes, let them have the New York codes, okay? Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm excited for the playoffs. 
I, I four games to glory for both my Pats and Bucks. Uh, okay. Just wanted, just wanted to say, just wanted to touch on that. That's insane. He led the league in touchdowns and yards, and he's probably not going to win the MVP. I'm like, why is the narrative not on him? Uh, he's 44. Why is that? Why is the narrative not on him? It's a narrative based award. I understand this. I feel like it should be on him, but okay. Let's do Patriots Dolphins. God. Mm. Mac Jones. Yearly tradition. Yeah. Losing in Miami. I shouldn't have bet this. I had this on every bet card. Um, mm. God, just giving me a migraine thinking about it. Um, Mac Jones. Early pick six. I think on his first pass or second pass of the day, bad pass. Didn't see the guy jump the route. Uh, it was such a bad, it was such a bad move by him. And he fumbled a, um, I think he fumbled a snap in the te- on, on like the 10 or 12 yard line while he was going to score. That's bad. Now his actual numbers outside of the pick are fine. He was 60%, 261 yards. He had some really good throws in the third and fourth quarter and led the team on an actual comeback to where they were within a field goal from uh, tying it up. And then um, Miami ended up driving down, getting a field goal, had a terrible uh, defensive breakdown there. But, I mean, it's been three of the last four games the Patriots have had have went down two scores. And, I mean, Max looked good at some points of it, but – yeah, you know, playing from behind is definitely not how they're built to play. And I feel like in this playoff game against the Bills, they need to be on their A game off the rip. They can't let they can't let what happened in their second matchup happen again, which is just let the the Bills drive down their throat every time. Hopefully, you know, they didn't break in that game. They bent, they did not break, and they gave up a lot of field goals, but I feel like that's a lot of randomness, not so much ability. I need them. They're going to have to score more uh, and, and take advantage of early, early, uh, early time scoring. They can't just wait until the fourth quarter to get hot. And yeah, Mac did heat up and he got a lot better in the second half of this game. He got a lot better in the second half of the Colts game a few weeks ago. He needs to start from the, he needs to be good from the start. And um, as a rookie, he's had a great season. And if they lose against the bills, I'm not going to be that mad about it. Um, I feel like they they are they they're gonna underachieve though if they are one and done because they had such a good run in the middle of the season and it just feels like yeah they're not gonna be favored and I they're just gonna have to play a good football game and hopefully the defense makes a play and Mac Jones needs to do what he's done through that winning streak and not turn the ball over and then I think they have a shot a puncher's chance and that's all you want right um well, the Dolphins game. Yeah, exactly. Especially with a rookie QB. This Dolphins game, Tua had 109 yards. Like 70 of those were on the first drive, I swear to God. Uh, more so about the Dolphins. They're still going to try to make the move for Watson, right? I mean, Tua's been playing better in the second half, but I think they still make the move. He has been playing a lot better. I just don't know why the – then they'd have Tua in Deshaun because I don't think the Texans want Tua. No, the Texans should definitely stay with Davis Mills. Uh, Davis yeah. Mills, like I, I he's actually good. no one watches no one watches Texans Rangers game, so we should just throw in all the Davis Mills fan <laughs> praise we can because people don't know he's been again definitively the second best rookie this year, and it's not close. He's been he's been a, a rookie quarterback. Um, Tua has been better, 
But Tua has a big problem, and that's throwing it past 10 yards. He can't do it. And the first drive of that game, the Patriots played zone, okay? And Tua was able to find holes in the zone, as is, I, I think, normal for NFL quarterbacks to do. And then they switched to man. And at that point, he was virtually ineffective the rest of the game because they played press man. And they got they did get slashed by, by Duke Johnson, 25 for 117. Philip Lindsay had 11 for 40. And Tua ran it quite a bit and uh, actually hit the nail in the coffin. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do because I think the Dolphins have a good framework. It just is depending. Do you want to run it back with Tua? And I think that if they could get an upgrade, they should. And I think Watson is probably going to be that guy is what, is what seems like. Now, you had to find a landing spot for Tua. Um, that's a little harder. I don't know where. Uh, Any more? Oh, the Titans, who all they had to do was win and get the one seed, almost collapsed Davis Mills, who, by the way, again, let's praise him a little bit more. 23 for 33, 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Danny Amendola, okay? Playoff Danny. That's his nickname with the Patriots. Seven for 113 and two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. Playoff Danny was in playoff form in this four and 12 now four and 13 Texans team. I don't think David Cooley should be fired either, but I guess he's reportedly going to be fired, which is, I don't really understand it, but who am I? Who am I to judge? Um, few. Okay. A few more things. Matt Nagy gone. That's we had to do the coaching carousel, but that's, uh, we'll do that next episode because we don't know who's going to get fired. I'll tell you this much. The one coach that definitely should be fired is Joe Judge. Is there a worse NFL head coach than Joe Judge? I don't think so, actually. Because it's not like the Giants are – the Giants could be a good team. Saquon needs to be traded this offseason, right? Yeah, they have no – they have a I, – I don't know about Vance Analytics for O-line. That's not something I've ever looked up, but I would have to assume they have the worst O-line. Or at least the bottom five. Yeah, it has to be. I think they should trade Saquon. I don't know to who. They can get a second round pick for him. He's still talented. Okay, he had a terrible season, yeah. but the talent. Second could... round pick for a running back would be a good return. Exactly. There was a play in this Giants game, and if you haven't seen it, don't watch it. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> no, it's dude, third... please do watch it. <laughs> it's third down and nine. They're on their own four yard line. It looks like they're in a kneel formation. I, when I first saw the play, they showed it on on um, on red zone. By the way, red zone another another year where if I had to pick one show to watch for from September to January, and it's all I can watch is one show. I'm picking red zone every Sunday. That's it. That'd be my TV. Um, yeah, because you can record it too and just rewatch all that. Mm-hmm. Rewatch beautiful football. Seven hours of commercial free football. I love, I love every Scott. day. Yes, it's so beautiful. Um, but I saw this on Red Zone, third and nine from the four. They do they call they call a quarterback sneak, and it had to be the most disgusting play call I've ever seen in my life. I don't even. If I'm the GM, I come down out of my box and I fire to the coach and staff on the spot. You can't call that. What are you doing? And Jake Fromm started here. I the in the surface pro way, and I just started calling calls when I own the team. Oh, yeah, if I'm the GM or the owner, yeah, I'd come down and do it too. Jake Fromm is 
God. In honor of Jake Fromm, I think Georgia gets uh, gets absolutely shellacked tomorrow in the national championship game too, as well. Um, personally, that's uh, I think Bama wins it, but I can't believe that. And I just wanted to mention that because they 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 were very adamant that they're going to return with uh, Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. I don't think you mm-hmm. can do that. You have a couple of first round picks this year. You cannot let them ruin the. You cannot let them ruin this team. You, yeah, you could really shape up a future of your franchise with those picks right there. And Joe Judge is just an idiot. Like the thing that his interviews are just off the chain. He's he's literally acting sporadic. It's insane. I've never seen a head coach really just lose it. He's gone. He's gone off the. He's gone off the deep end. Um, let's see. Any anything else? Oh, Seahawks Cardinals. Seahawks. Modest seven and ten finish. Wilson last two weeks. His two best games um, of the season, probably Rashad Penny, who was the first was a first round running back drafted in 2018, pick 27, who did absolutely nothing. His first three years in the NFL has been really, really good these last five or six weeks. Um, there's rumors. The rumors are that they don't have plans to trade Wilson. Now, the plans aren't really the Seahawks' plans. It's if Wilson wants out, he'll get out. And, But, you know, you saw this team today play, and you're like, you know, I see I see something here. Uh, Quandre Diggs' injury is very sad. Hopefully, he'll be okay. He, he kind of had the Dak Prescott injury, and it looks like he will be okay, but that's unfortunate for a guy that actually was probably their best um, player on defense this year, and – He's on a contract. He's on a contract year. He'll get paid, but it's still unfortunate. And yeah, I mean, listen, optimistic Seahawks, seven and 10 this year. You know, they don't have their first round pick, which is good that they went seven and 10 instead of just giving up on the season. The Jets are getting screwed because of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seahawks, I think they're, I think they're going to be okay. I, I think they should blow it up still because I don't think the, I don't think the Pete Russ dynamic is good enough to win Super Bowls anymore. But if they want to run it back another year, you know, they'll probably be in contention for, for a playoff spot just because there's seven teams now. I still think they're in the definitely tier B of the NFC. But eh, if they want to run it back, they can. The Cardinals, on the other hand, can you believe what happened to the Cardinals over the past, what were they, 8-0? and yeah, I think they were 8-0. and They lost to the Packers. Somehow, Kyler Murray gets hurt there. I don't know. I don't even remember his injury. Colt McCoy starts, beats the 49ers. Colt McCoy starts, gets killed by Cam Newton and the Panthers. Colt McCoy starts, beats the Seahawks. Colt McCoy starts, beats the Bears. And then, all hell breaks loose. Now Kyler's back. Rams kill him. Lions kill him. Colts really the game's not close. They beat the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win the game if the fumble's correctly called. And they get they don't play competitive against the Seahawks. And this is for seeding here. Now they're playing at the Rams Monday night football playoffs. Uh they're a team that absolutely is not peaking at the right time. And I feel like a lot of people predicted this with Cliff Kingsbury, right? Cliff. Cliff. Yeah. I think people who like us who just buy in on week to week trends sometimes yeah gave them a lot of credit but i think overall people who are like level-headed saw this like tapering off and i think there's a team like this every year 
who has this incredible record that it's everyone thought would be good. It's been the Cardinals last two, two years. It's been the Cardinals yeah. last two years. Where they thought they'd be, not the team who's bad and starts off good, but like a team who's good and goes on a run. People are like, oh, this is the team. This is their year. And yep. then week week 11 hits, and then they start they start tapering off. Not a good time to get good. First eight weeks. The no, exactly. best team. <laughs> exactly. I um. I, I think I said this before, but there's a big issue with Kyler Murray and his issue is he gets injured every single season that he's been in the NFL. And it's not like, and yeah, injuries are a lot of freak, freak injuries, but again, he's just a small guy comparative to everybody he's playing against. And when he gets hit, it hurts more than if, you know, you're six foot five two twenty five, and he scrambles and he gets hit and he get and he gets landed on and every single year you just it's been this whole way in his career he just you know you see him doing the thing on the sideline where he's like trying to you know stretch out his shoulder and it's you know uh oh you know uh oh and I don't know if that's gonna plague him his whole career I want to see a full season of a healthy Kyler Murray because I think when he is healthy um he's a you know a top five, six, seven quarterback. And you want it, you want to see that. And it's interesting because these young quarterbacks eventually have to win something. I mean, Mahomes has won a Super Bowl, right? But outside of him, it's not really been any youth winning. It's been a lot of veteran QBs. And eventually you're going to have to have a Burrow or a Herbert or a Murray uh, or a Lamar get breakthrough and win, win a Super Bowl, right? You'd, you'd hope so because I don't, I don't know how long Brady is going to go Rogers, Wilson, all the, all the older guys um, right there. That By the way, that was nine Super Bowls I just named with those three quarterbacks. Um, Rogers, Wilson, of course, have one each, and Brady has seven. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, you're expecting these young guys to break through at some point, and it's just a, I, it should be a matter of time. But, uh, you know, it just – there's always something wrong with, the, with them that – it's either injury, inconsistency, um, bad coaching, which isn't their fault. Something has to click eventually for one of these younger teams, right? One of these younger quarterbacks, you hope. And I don't know when it happens. I don't yeah. – is there anything – I don't, there, sorry, say, I say don't think we've actually – like because it doesn't happen too much in our lifetime where you see the passing of the torch. And I don't think we've actually seen that really in any sport yet in our lifetime. No, like, you're right. still We're like – I mean, like where every single person's gone. From like that era like there's still like lebron's still around carmelo's still around we saw tom brady and ben roethlisberger uh there's still like people right. sticking around so like it, if you think about it it's like it doesn't happen that often because we haven't actually seen it yet what if we get a brady roethlisberger super bowl <laughs> i don't think there could be a better super bowl <laughs> that's guys drafted in 2000 and 2005 right 2004 that's insane that'd be hilarious if that actually happened uh, I would hope that would happen because I think the uh, Bucks would win that game. Uh, although that'd be a hilarious sunset for Big Ben, who had his who had his retirement party literally Monday night yeah. last week. <laughs> and, you, and he still has to show up for work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you know, Big Ben didn't expect to win today. There's no yeah, way. He's like, what? He's like, God, now? God damn it! He's all Jesus. And then, then he's watching that game, and he's all pleasing in the tie. I, I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> I don't want to play next My week. body is so destroyed. <laughs> um, you're right, though. The passing of the torch. Uh, speaking of LeBron, we I know this is now just a football centric podcast, right? We don't do much other. Just real quick, 
LeBron is playing probably the best basketball of his career. And it's not being given much attention. The Lakers aren't that good this year. Anthony Davis has been terrible, but he is um, but he is now he'll be back soon. He's been injured too. But LeBron in the past, if I can find his game splits, he's putting up like 35 points a game over the past month. Since since like the start of December. Yeah. He put this game against the Grizzlies was terrible. It was a loss. I bet on the Lakers. 35, 9, and 8. Okay. The Hawks, 32, 8 and something. It's 31 against the Kings. And they went on a little bit of a hot streak. So he's playing great. And you're right. We haven't had a pass in the torch. LeBron's been in the NBA since 2003. Okay. Like it's unbelievable what I honestly like if you're Mount Rushmore and it, it's Brady and LeBron on it for me 100%. And then the other two, you can make arguments for a lot of athletes. I'm putting both those guys on there. And that probably doesn't change in my life. Huh? There's five or four on Mount Rushmore. I have there's no idea. Four, there's four, but they're going to add, they're going to add another, I think. They're going to add a fifth head. Uh, yeah. I've been talking Donald about Trump was an interesting choice, but it's kind of weird. But I, I guess I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard they were going to add Millard Fillmore. Okay. Do you remember that one? That would have <laughs> been my number two choice. <laughs> Where's Ulysses on there for you? Who's on Mount Rushmore? What are the heads on Mount Rushmore? It's uh, George Washington, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Abe, um, honestly. And what? Uh, Thomas Oh, Jefferson Teddy Roosevelt. And Thomas, yeah, and then Thomas Jefferson. TJ. Weren't they made when Theodore Roosevelt was, like, in office? Was it built when he was in office? He's a he's kind of an asshole for he, getting that but done. He did, start, he did start all the national parks. So. Okay. And it's in a national park. It I'll was made – okay, one second. It was built between 1927 and 1941, so no, he was not in office. He was not in office. Okay, well, he did start the, he did start the national parks, and it would be rude to not put him in a national park, you know. Okay, it's fine that he's on there. I wish there was a little love for John Adams, you know. Uh, some, some, he, of the forgotten, some of the forgotten – Ulysses S. At Grant. At least they threw, like, a, like for the time. They threw a contemporary like, guy in there. Yeah, a little contemporary guy. They throw one – you think guy. midway through they're all like maybe we shouldn't do Teddy, we should just do uh Franklin Roosevelt, FDR. Do you see all the things <laughs> pass? And you think they're like, you know, no, we can, they, they're related. They, we can we can make this head look like FDR. It, it took so long for them to finish it. Like the the guy's son finished it. I know, Link, and they didn't even finish even it. And they didn't even finish it. <laughs> there was a lineage of Borglums that died building this thing. Yeah. Um, also, if you ever when you go see it in person, it. Uh, it is the most underwhelming thing I've ever seen in person. Yeah, see, I know that. Everybody says that. I don't even want to see it. It's like, like you walk up, there's this huge galleyway to like go see it, like a little hike. And it like you're like, oh, it looks small because it's really far away. And then you get like right up next to it and you're like, oh, it's still small. It looks yeah. way smaller than the photos. I don't have much interest to go see it. Tourism's okay. down, by the way, in the last 10 years seeing it. People are people are people are sharing that sentiment. Everybody's telling them that. It's underwhelming. But maybe also, it's something maybe it's a, Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's a conspiracy theory from people that actually want to go see it that just don't want traffic there okay they want to have their they want to have the view to no, this like side. it's like one of those things you have to go i like or at least things like i would want to see on my checklist you know but like okay i've been to i've been to like a lot of national parks but that was the only thing where i was like yeah this kind of sucks like yellowstone's sick yellowstone's uh, sick the average in july is 78 degrees you know i might want to go there or you can go see it in december 36 degrees I go in December. Where my Canada goose to go see that American treasure, um, South Dakota. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. Okay, my Mount Rushmore is going to be Brady. It's going to be LeBron. I'm going to put Federer on there because I love tennis. And Jesus, that fourth spot, it's so hard because I think you can only do one per sport. That has to be a rule. 
And then you have to, yeah, you're you going to exclude, you're gonna exclude sports. And also you have to do athletes from your time. You can't be putting like Ollie and Babe Ruth on there. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. I think fourth would probably be either God. I don't know. I, It'd I don't know. Either I, do a Mount Rushmore of like, if, okay. So we didn't throw an MOB player on there. I'm not throwing one on. No. I got my MOB player there to play uh, tennis players taking those plays as the MOB player. I know I didn't see him in my lifetime, but if I had to throw an MOB, it would it'd probably be, you know, just for like absurdness of records, my actual, my fourth is going to be Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky's a good one. Mine would probably be Bonds if I'm doing an MOB player. If I'm yeah. doing a, if I'm doing a non, I would probably pick like Ronaldo or somebody, you know, Messi, Ronaldo. Uh, you say yeah. bold Michael Phelps, somebody like that. You know, uh, Michael Phelps would be on there too. He has to be in the consideration for sure. Um, one last thing, and then we'll go. National Championship game. We said we'd preview it. Um, here we go. National Championship game. Did you hear what Nick Saban said today or yesterday at Media Day? No, I just saw a video about him complaining about his shoes and not getting a propel. Oh, I saw that too. Um, <laughs> he said something along the lines of NIL – if they don't oh, have regulations that. on that, it'll cause only a few teams to be competitive. And have you ever heard a more hypocritical statement? Yeah. And I understand I he, it, right? It was probably like, it's probably slightly taken out of context too. I bet he like said it's going to get worse than it already is or something like that. Is that, I bet like that, that that's probably was taken out of like slight context, but it still doesn't even actually matter what the context is because every year the fourth team is usually a joke team. And sometimes even the third team is a joke team. So usually there are only two good teams. Here's the, here's the argument for, um, for not trying to regulate the NIL, okay? This is the big argument. If you're a school like Harvard, uh, Harvard's a bad example, but they're, they're an example nonetheless. If you're Harvard, you have so much money, okay? Now they have really high uh, standards to be able to go to the school. Same with, same with Notre Dame. So unless they really let go of those standards it's they won't be the team which would ruin example, like the allure of the school too yeah you could do you could do northwestern okay northwestern's a good example yeah. look at northwestern's endowment okay and they don't have the same strict um things that uh a harvard has or a Notre dame yeah. has but it's still a good school it's still a good school if they wanted to they can direct money to the football team and say hey you come here we're going to give you a million dollars to each kid and they would be a powerhouse very quickly uh, if they wanted to. Now, there's other schools can do this too. There's more, a lot of these colleges are very wealthy. They're able to actually compete if they want because now it's a money game. And I don't think Nick Saban and um, you know uh, Kirby Smart and these powerhouse schools want this to happen because I do think this would create more parity than what already exists now. Alabama is always going to get those people. Georgia is always going to get those people because they're also getting massive NIL deals for their, for their athletes. But it would open up more teams being willing to be competitive if they want to be. And then you're going to see which teams have good boosters. That's really what it is. And I think that'll make it – what we have now is a dichotomy where it's Alabama. It's usually a second SEC team, whether it's Georgia, LSU, Auburn a second SEC team, and Georgia's typically the number two. And then sometimes they're the third really good one. I think a and is going to be really good coming up in, the, in soon. Then there's Ohio State. 
There's Notre Dame, who's usually pretenders. There's Clemson, who is just good for the last 10 years, who was a pretender this year. And then usually Texas is on the downturn, but Oklahoma or Texas, then USC or yeah. Oregon. And that's it. And then and, Oregon, yeah, it's the only pack uh-huh. team. Oregon's the only pack team. That yeah, right now. And I think USC is going to be really good now because they have Lincoln Riley and they're going to pay a lot of money for people. But, but could you imagine if like a uh, – because I just looked up endowments. Who has the biggest endowment? Harvard's number one, but surprisingly, UT in, uh, Texas yep. has the second biggest endowment. So like, Huge that would make it. That would make a, a, school, a school like that, or A and M's a big one. Um, yeah, A and M has a shitload. Duke yep. has a ton of money. So like, schools that already have like okay to bottom tier like football teams, but are still like respectable. Yep. Like they could create better football teams and there'd be more parity i just think it's funny nick saban says this because here's his record at alabama 178 and 24 and by the way six of those losses were his first season okay yeah so after that first season he had and then two of them were the other so he has eight losses in his first two seasons he's had what is that 16 losses since 2009 yeah it's literally and by the way let's do it like this he has one two three four five or four five six six national championships he's going for a seventh um every year he's there in the, in the conversation it's like come on it's terrible terrible messenger for that you look at his coaching tree wow joe judge is on there terrible yeah his, like, his I, coaching I think, tree is not great for uh, nfl who is who's not his his nfl coaching tree is not great no i know um but pretty much to 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 um preview the game uh this these guys just played a few weeks or a month ago about um good game then it's gonna be uh, ooh, i like alabama here because i don't think clemson or i don't sorry i don't think georgia is really has been challenged this year outside of that alabama game and when they actually played a good team they got punched in the mouth georgia's quarterback is stetson bennett um i don't like the name I don't think he's that good. I think they should probably go with JT Daniels. And I think he'll start. I think, I think JT Daniels will come in in this game because if Bennett's playing bad, I do believe Kirby smart will pull the plug. Now, Georgia will be back here next year. Alabama will be back here next year uh, in similar positions. But I think this game, I'm going to give the edge to Bama. They're three, they're two, three point underdogs, wherever where depends on where you're looking. Um, I have no clue why the last time they played December 4th, which is yeah, a month and a week ago was, 41-24, they move the ball at will uh, starting in the second quarter. Bryce Young's the Heisman. They have good running backs, good receivers. They don't have Michi, right? But that's, a, that's a pretty big loss, but I like them. And then Georgia, Georgia has a great front seven, but Bama's front, front uh, offensive line is all going to be NFL guys too. And you're basically having an NFL battle in the trenches. So I don't, I think they cancel each other out. And the only negative that Alabama has, and it's a big one is their secondary sucks. It's a terrible secondary. Now, the good thing about their terrible secondary is the quarterback they're facing is Stetson Bennett. And so again, I don't think that's a huge mismatch. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in this in George and Alabama winning this. Uh, outright covering when an outright and um 
yeah, that's that's basically that's that's my that's my um that's my take on it. Do do you agree? Do you disagree? Do what do you, what do you think? I actually next? agree. I actually had no idea they were the underdog. I I then I pulled up an article that the line would be bigger. It would be it'd be plus uh three. It would say at plus three at all sports books, but so many people put in such big bets for Bama, it's moved the line down. So I have no clue why this line is what it is. I, I'll tell you this. Before I, don't, I didn't see anything in that in the Michigan game where I would think that, that like that they just they didn't destroy them. I think they just had bad quarterbacks. So it's like I, I didn't see anything from Georgia that told me that they should be the favorite right now. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia handled Michigan easily. But Michigan wasn't Michigan was a mini Georgia. They were built the same way Georgia is defensively, just in a just worse. That's that's what it is. I mean, it's not not like any any shit about Michigan. I actually I rooted for Michigan. I like Michigan, uh, Brady's college. That's why. And I think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. And I think that he did his pregame interview and he's all like let her, let her rip. Like the way he talked, it was actually really funny. They got embarrassed. They gave up a touchdown really quick after that. Um, but the thing is, again. When they played Michigan, it's a bad quarterback. You're right. And Alabama just absolutely killed Cincinnati too, right? And people would be like, well, Cincinnati's not as good as Michigan. You're right. I agree with that. But it's not like they played underwhelming and they've got a lot of injuries. I just don't know what changed to where Georgia is now the favorite after losing by two touchdowns two, or a month ago. You know, I just think that's a big yeah. – and maybe, maybe Georgia wins this, right? But yeah. I wouldn't be uh, like surprised if Georgia won. I'm just surprised. I'm more surprised that they're the favorite. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I mean, another thing Kirby Smart is uh, Saban's disciple. Uh, Saban very rarely loses to people that was on his staff. I think he's lost once in his career. I think once, and he's played multiple. Now Kirby Smart's young. He's 47, 48. He's going to win a national championship and he's going to stay in Georgia for a long time. And so, you know, he has time. <laughs> Nick Saban's 70. I don't know how long he keeps going. Uh, it's insane how it's insane how successful he is. But I don't know. I'm excited for this game. I definitely think that I, I definitely I'm confident that Alabama wins. That's that's what I'd say. That's my preview. Okay. I like it. Anything else? I think we're good. Wow. Okay. Well, good luck, everybody. I cannot wait to do wild card predictions, and I cannot wait to gamble on wild card weekend. Uh, this is going to be fun. This is a lot of good teams. I think it's wide open. I think anybody can beat anybody. Typically, that's not the case. This year, I, I truly believe that there's about five or I think there's five teams in each conference that can make, make a run. And uh, I'm excited for it. This is going to be fun. How about that? Okay, Steve. And Benny, hopefully, is out of rehab for Tuesday. Uh, if he is, we'll get him on the old, we'll get him on the horse again. Okay, while well, I'm making some picks, putting some bets in. We are uh, not. Uh, w- what's the word where you're a good friend that that tries to um, get people out of their impulses? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're enablers. Enable. We're enablers. We enable. <laughs> okay. We enable people to get on their vices. Uh, when I say I'm not drinking, somebody's like, why? Why aren't you drinking? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I drink. And then uh, when Benny's not gambling, I'm like, Benny, Benny, come on, make some bets. And then Benny's like, yeah, I got it. I got a bet. 
So we're going to try to influence him. Actually, you know what? For the real, relapse. we tell Benny all the time not to bet because he makes some dumbass bets. Yeah. But <laughs> honestly, he gives money away. It's actually funny. It's a, he's a nice guy. Bookies love him, right? Spreads the wealth around. Great guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I, I don't know. It's Robin Hood to, for the bookies. <laughs> he's, all like, he's, see, he's never seen a line he doesn't like. And I'll never, even if it's a terrible line, and he'll bet it. Bookies, he'll just, parlay it. <laughs> if yeah, he'll parlay it. He doesn't get better odds. If you if you see if Benny sees a plus nine hundred, he's betting that ten times out of ten. He loses that ten times out of ten. If he won it once, he get his money back. He doesn't get his money back ever. It's always it's always losing it. So, okay, love the guy. Good luck in yeah, rehab, Benny. Get, get well. Yeah, get we'll, out. We'll, we'll see. We'll see on Tuesday. Okay, wildcard weekend predictions coming up on Tuesday. On Thursday will be the episode. Um, Stevie, bless football. Ooh, what a week. Thank you, Steve.